was ever going to lead anybody to Jesus, if I was ever going to um, uh, lead, um, get people baptized in the Holy Spirit, I better know what the Word of God says, right? And that's all of our jobs. You know, okay, I'm going to turn here because God told me about this when we were doing worship. In Mark 16, this is the commission to everybody that is a believer, everybody in the church that has accepted Jesus as Lord. You have a ministry, and you've heard me say this before, but it says in Mark 16, how how many of you believe the word of God? How many of you believe it is is God's word to us? Yeah, amen. Okay, so the word of God says... Go into all the world, Mark sixteen fifteen, and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That is everybody's job that has accepted Jesus as Lord. Everybody's job. So in recognizing that that was my job, I thought, I better I better get some of these scripture verses under my belt. How am I going to lead someone to the Lord? How am I going to get them baptized in the Holy Spirit? How am I going to get them uh, how am I going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover if I know nothing about what Jesus did while he was here? If I know nothing that Jesus paid the price for us to be healed and to behold, if I know nothing about that, how am I ever going to be a minister of the Mark 16? Amen? So so I, I got myself busy and I had this Bible that was given to me by my sister who was younger, believe it or not. But anyway, I, I got busy and there's always lines in the back, you know, where you can write down scripture verses. So if you look at my Bible where the lines are, the first thing that I have down here is not how to, <laughs> it's not necessarily how to be born again, but it's how is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the first thing I have down here in my study notes. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So anyway, we're going to talk about, and I would encourage you, if you've got lines in the back of your Bible, write the scripture verses down so that you can lead someone to the Lord. And if, if you don't have lines in the back of your Bible, raise your hand, and Francis will get you some paper. There's paper out there in the back and a pen. I would encourage you to write these scripture verses down. I'm, I'm serious, or I, I've said it four times at least already. Okay, so I want to... We're going to fly through, fly through the Bible, okay? I, nobody, anybody want paper? She's got, um, you, you might just get the paper. There's lined paper on top up there, I believe. You guys got pens? Yeah, okay. You don't have a pen. Okay. I got one pen up here. Um, He has a pen. Do you guys have pens? No. There's some pens back here in the bucket, too. Anybody else need paper? Okay. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to go through the scripture verses. What we're heading towards is um, in um, Acts. Every chapter in Acts talks about what is a vi- what the Holy Spirit is doing in each one of us. And we're going to focus on that eventually, maybe at the end of the day the end of the hour, but we, we hit um, uh, one of those last week. But also, um, um, I just want to do a basic foundation of being born again and receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
And, and I think all these scripture verses, I would definitely get them down and get them in your Bible. Oh, that's five times now I've said that. Anyway, so first of all, you were created in God's image. Genesis 1, 27, 26 and 27. You were created in God's image. You were created in God's image. You are a three-part being. Your spirit, and if you want that one, that is First um, Thessalonians 5.23. You are a spirit first, a spirit being first. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And then you, you have a physical body. You're three parts. And the Bible makes that real clear, spirit, soul, and body, that, that you are a three-part being. The parts that go to heaven are, are your spirit and your soul. Your body stays here. Okay? All right. So just to establish that fact, now the only way you can get to heaven, the only way is because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Nobody can pray you into heaven. You're not going to get prayed into heaven. The only way you can go to heaven is if you make a decision yourself to accept Jesus as Lord. So there's, there's a lot of teaching out there, and it's important that you make that real clear to people when you minister the salvation message to them. The only way they can go to heaven is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the only way, it says, that he's the way, the truth, and the life to the Father. He is the only way. Now, I don't have that scripture verse down, but he is the only way. He is the only way. There's no other way you're going to get to heaven. No other way. Nobody's going to pray you in. Nobody's going to, nobody. You can't ride in on the tail, the coattails of your pastor or your, or, or whoever. You can't ride in on them. The only way you can get there is by, let's go to Romans, shall we? Let's just go to Romans. And this is, um, I've told you this one before. This is one of the main scripture verses that I use that was so clear to me. Okay, this gives you the black and white of how to get someone born again. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you want to write that down. If I get to go in too fast, please raise your hand or ask for a scripture verse again. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord because you have believed in your heart. So you have to believe it in your heart, then you confess it with your mouth. Then what's it say there? You believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. See, if God didn't raise him from the dead, there's no point in believing. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. That word saved there. Well, let's read the next one. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The word salvation there, the word saved there, encompasses everything that Jesus did on the cross. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross. On the cross, all sickness and disease was nailed to the cross, was nailed. Jesus carried it all. Jesus carried all sin. All sin was nailed to the cross. Do you know all torment and all fear was nailed to the cross? All of it's been nailed to the cross. The only reason we still see it manifesting around us is because we allow it to. We are not walking in our in Christ position. When you walk in who you are in Christ, then those things fall by the wayside. Because when you walk in Christ, you're walking in the right standing position 
that he, Jesus, paid the price for you to be in. Amen? Amen? Okay, so you get to an in-Christ position by by believing and accepting Jesus as Lord. And as soon as you have made that heartfelt that heartfelt confession of your mouth because you believed in your heart, you move to an in-Christ position where everything is met. All your needs are met. All your needs are met. In Second Peter, it talks, well, we can go there. I do have that down, and maybe, I think maybe it, it was a good one for you to put down in Second Peter. And let's just start with um, verse 2, Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 2. Okay. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now that, we can just camp out on that scripture verse all by itself. The more you know about Jesus, the more you know what he did, the more you know he gave you, then peace is going to be multiplied to you. How many of you can use a good dose of peace this morning? (laughs) Amen. So the more you find out about what Jesus did for you, the more you find out about what he's given you, the more peace you're going to be able to walk in. And then verse, um, well, let's just read verse 2 again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. And I'm going to just put in there, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Everything has been given to us. Everything that we have need of. Amen? Amen. Everything pertaining to life, life, healing, wholeness, uh, all our needs met, everything that, that's pertaining to life, everything pertaining to life, everything, everything. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. Everything that pertains to life, your life, has been given to you. And godliness. What would you label godliness? The fruit of the Spirit? Having peace, having patience, having faith, having love, having joy. All of that's been given to us. Amen? Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Now, verse 4. This is important. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world by lust. Okay, so so we have the promises that we can stand on, the promises that because of the death, burial, and resurrection, the promises are always yes. That's the uh, promises as 1 Corinthians 1, 20 or 21, if you remember, write that down. All of God's promises are always yes in the word of God. Always yes. Always yes. If he promised healing, it's always yes. Healing is always yours. If he promised he would meet all of your needs, then that's a yes. He will meet all of your needs. You don't have to question or wonder. The minute you start questioning it, what are you doing? You're doubting. You're in a place of doubt the minute you start questioning it. So when you're in a place of doubt, is faith going after the promise? No. So we want we want faith to go after the promise. We don't want to doubt because doubt, doubt won't go anywhere. It'll sit down in the... It'll sit down in the ocean and wait, try to wait for it to happen. Amen? Okay, so I want to give you a couple of scripture verses um, before uh, about the Romans. We, we did the Romans 10, 9 and 10, but the Holy Spirit was, was moving around pretty good. So um, I want to give you a couple of scripture verses to fill in there. 
in John 3, and we talked about this one a couple of weeks ago. And this is um, John 3, uh, 1 through 7. And we won't take time to read this whole thing, but it's about Nicodemus, and he was a Pharisee. And he came to Jesus. He kind of probably kind of snuck in there so nobody could see. But he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, what do we do? What must I do to be born again? And, and, and Jesus said, let's see, let's see. Um, Jesus is talking here. Let's say verse 5. Well, 3 is good. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus is saying this. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you're not going to go to heaven. Unless you're born again. I mean, it's just simple like that. And so, verse 5 then, Jesus is still talking. Of course, Nicodemus says, how do I get born again? How I can't jump into my mother's womb again and be born again. Verse 5 says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and the Spirit, born of water is the first birth. Born of the Spirit is the second birth. And that you're born of the Spirit when you accept Jesus as Lord. Okay? Your spirit man, the, one of the, your three-part being, remember, spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit man is transformed. It comes alive to the things of God. Okay? He cannot enter the kingdom of God if he is not, if, if he's not born of water and of spirit. My husband always used to say, you know what? Thank God you were born the first time. Now you have the opportunity to be born the second time. You know? Isn't that awesome to think of it that way? Okay, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, Jesus is saying, you must be born again. And that is that is um, uh, John 3, 7. You must be born again. And so then if we go on over here into the rest of John, in into... Um, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and that's Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, eternal life. So you have to believe in him to have eternal life or be in heaven. And then 17 says, God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. That was the reason Jesus came. He didn't come to judge the world. Okay, so then then um then I talked about Romans ten, nine and ten, and then I talked about Second Peter. And then we're gonna move into let's let's look at um back up just a little bit in chapter one of John. I'm trying to lay this out um step by step, line upon line, showing you how this all works together. So John chapter one and verse um 32, I believe here. Let's see. And this is where Jesus went to get baptized himself, water baptized by John the Baptist. Jesus went to get water baptized. And do you know that none of the, Jesus didn't perform any miracles. He didn't perform any miracles before he was water, water baptized. Nothing. He, nothing happened. And so verse, verse, uh, John 1, 32, and John bore witness saying, I have beheld the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon Jesus. John baptized Jesus. John was baptizing Jesus. Verse 33, And I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descending 
and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And I have seen, verse 34, I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. So Jesus is the Son of God and that he's going to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit woos us to Jesus. We accept Jesus as Lord. The Holy Spirit woos us to Jesus. We accept Jesus as Lord. Then Jesus then leads us to accept the person of the Holy Spirit. See how that works? Amen? Okay, Jesus leads us to accept the person of the Holy Spirit. And let's look at um, John 16, I believe. So we see there, um, we see that the that the Holy Spirit was descending upon uh, Jesus when he was baptized, water baptized, the Holy Spirit came. And it was after that, then Jesus did the first miracle, which was the changing the water into wine at Canaan. And so, so we, we see that, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit in, enabled or empowered Jesus to do what he came to do. Okay, and he's going to do that with each one of us as well. John 16, I want you to see that verse 7. Um, Jesus is talking here, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. I think King James says it's important. I have to go. Jesus says I have to go. I have to go for I do not go. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus Jesus was one person, one man, going about doing everything. It says in Acts 10.38, he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. That was Jesus. Jesus went about doing good, not bad, not evil. God is not an evil God. God doesn't do evil. Jesus went about doing good, and it says he came to do the will of uh, the Father who sent him in John 6.38. Okay, so so um, Jesus says it's important that I got to go. I have got to go. I got to go. So that when I leave the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to each one of you. See, Jesus isn't able to be with each one of us. But the Holy Spirit that he sent is able to be with each one of us. Okay, the Holy Spirit is able to be with each one of us. Amen. The Holy Spirit is able to be with each one of us. And I want you to see some of the things that the Holy Spirit has come to do. Okay? Let's look, we, let's look at verse 13 right below that, verse 7, that says, Jesus says, I've got to go. Well, he called, he called the Holy Spirit the helper there. The Holy Spirit the helper. Well, the helper is a comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener. The Holy Spirit is all those things to each one of you. If you receive the person of the Holy Spirit, okay? You get baptized and, and you get born again, baptized in water. And getting baptized in water does not give you the door to go home to heaven. That You're not going to get to heaven by getting baptized in water. The only way you're going to get to heaven is by accepting Jesus as Lord. Then, after you've accepted Jesus as Lord, Jesus comes in and cleans you all up, makes you white, cleans you all up, puts you in a right standing position. Then the Holy Spirit has a clean place to come. I mean, that's putting it in kind of simple terms. But the Holy Spirit has a, a clean place to come. So then you receive the person of the Holy Spirit. 
And he wants to come and he'll occupy. So you know in Colossians it says God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are resident within each one of us. The deity in all of its fullness is resident within us. Colossians chapter 2, you can find that probably clearer if you look in the Amplified, but it does say that chapter 2, kind of in the beginning of that. Okay, so verse 13 then. Here's some more things that the Holy Spirit will do for you. And I can't say enough that he is your helper. He's not only your helper where the word is concerned, but he's your helper if you lose your glasses. He's your helper if you can't find your credit card. Amen? He's your helper. He's your helper. Okay, so verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth. Okay, right there's one. He's the spirit of truth. He will lead you. See, verse 13. He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll lead you into all truth. Now, you may need to know the truth of the Bible, which the Holy Spirit will help you with the truth of the Bible. He'll also help you with the truth about um, maybe you're taking a test and you've, you've studied, but you don't remember the answer to the test. He'll help you with the truth and the, and the answer to the test. He'll also help you if you if you need to find out in a relationship what you've done wrong. The Holy Spirit will point out to you what you've done wrong in the relationship. He's the spirit of truth. He'll bring the truth to you, okay? For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears. So whatever he hears, who's he hearing it from? Who's the Holy Spirit hearing hearing from? He's hearing it from Jesus, who hears it from the Father, okay? So whatever the Holy Spirit Whatever, um, he will not speak on his own initiative. You're not going to hear the Holy Spirit say something on his own. Whatever he hears, he'll speak to you about. Whatever he knows about. That's why we don't know, that's why we don't know when Jesus is coming back because God the Father has not spoken it to Jesus. So, so whatever, whatever's been spoken to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will get it to you. Amen? Okay, so whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose it to you what is to come. So he's going to show you things to come, whether it's in your personal relationship, in your calling. He's going to show you things to come, whether it's you're going to drive down the road. He's going to show you if there's going to be a, a problem you're going to run into. He'll quicken it in your heart to not go a certain way or whatever. He's going to show you those things. That's his job. That's his job, okay? Okay, so that's part of what he's come to do. Let's, let's turn over to, um, let's go back to chapter 14. And we're going to start with um, verse 16. Verse 16. Chapter 14, John 14, verse 16. John 14, verse 16. Okay, and Jesus is talking. He's still talking here. And I will. He's talking to his disciples, trying to comfort them. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And we already went over some of the things that the helper does. I will give you another helper that he may be with you just today. Forever. He's going to be with the helper. He's going to be with us forever. Amen? Amen. And verse um, then 17 says, That is the spirit of truth which we talked about, whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you 
and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. In you. That makes it real clear, doesn't it? And then verse 18, this is so encouraging too. I will not leave you as orphan. I will come to you. He's gonna, he's not gonna leave us. He said he never leave us or forsake us. So if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we're not an orphan, right? We're not an orphan. He's there with us, leading us and guiding us. Okay, and then verse, jump down to verse uh, 26. Uh, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you all things. If you have a need to understand scripture, he's going to help you understand it. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said. So the Holy Spirit, when I pray for people, a lot of times I pray for the Holy Spirit to bring to their remembrance the things that they have heard in the word or the things they have seen. Amen? Amen. So he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance that what I have said, what Jesus has said. He's going to bring it to your remembrance. Amen? Have you ever had a scripture verse? You've heard me say this before. Have you ever had a scripture verse that the Lord's given you and you've never looked, you've never seen it before? Have you ever, have you ever been just praying or you've been in a situation and the Holy Spirit will prompt you with a scripture verse? You don't know it's a scripture verse, but you go to your Bible and you look it up. And sure enough, there was a scripture verse that the Holy Spirit was giving you and you didn't even know it was in the Bible. That's the kind of help that the Holy Spirit will give us in time of need. Amen? Okay. So let's look at, um, just go back to um, Luke 24:49, And all of these scripture verses, now we've got past, past the place of being born again. And um, those scripture verses, and I always like to say when you're when you're going to minister somebody the salvation message, it's all all together one whole thing. It's not just born again and then you leave them for their own. You know, you, you get them born again, and then the other side of the coin, like my husband used to say, the other side is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You get them born again, and then you get them filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, you get them cleaned up, born again, and then you let you have them receive the personal Holy Spirit. Okay, all right. So 